0: A quick content warning, such disclaimer, the information we're going to talk about in this episode is a little more gruesome, gory, and just flat out weird than our normal stuff. So if you have a sensitive stomach, you just ate lunch, um, you know, stuff like that, we will not, you know, fault you if you bail. If, if so, bye, and we'll see you next, next episode. For the rest of you who are sticking around, buckle up, bitches. Oh. <laughs> Schmidt's about to get real... <laughs> I, I don't
1: know what's going to happen. I'm scared.
0: <laughs> I can't. You should be. You really, really should be. If you haven't listened to our first Hans Schmidt episode, I would highly recommend that you do that before listening to this. It is episode number 11. Uh, we're not going to be doing a straight, flat-out narrative and telling you all the, the the you know details and dates and all that stuff. This is the stuff that we missed. This is the deep dive, the stuff that the Internet... Damn you, Wikipedia! Held out on us. Really held out on us.
1: Do you think somebody at Wikipedia just went? I can't say this on on the computer.
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah, because it's 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 some of the stuff that, like I said, you know, I have a hard time even saying. So it's, oh no, <laughs> I wrote down a direct quote because I'm I was like I'm not putting that in my own words. Wait so. wait
1: so like is there a chance you're going to go look at the cards and just go? Uh, Scott, you're going to have to say this
0: I'm pretty sure I can say it because I've said it several times now Because okay. I told it to Jackson and I told it to Beast So I, I've said it twice um, So, but yeah, yeah. listen to that episode And then come back and listen to this one Because this is where the really Like I said, it's the real Schmidt Oh, <laughs> It's the real Schmidt I'm sorry, I keep doing it, I'm not going to stop I mean, you can ask me to stop But I'm not going to, so
1: Schmidt's about to get real, folks Yes, it is you are listening to old-timey crimey, crimes from the golden age of yeah Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott.
0: So we are going to skip right past our usual how was your week, because the hype is real. The hype is real and has been ongoing, and I was even thinking about this in France. I was like man, I kind of wish we could do Hans Schmidt next week as I'm laying on a beach in the Riviera, but I really don't want to read that and take those notes on an airplane next to other human beings. No, you should.
1: (laughs) No, you absolutely should because then you'll get on the news Yes. after, like, the secretary looks over and goes, she did what to the asshole? (laughs) It's... And she's not even talking about like the vernacular, that guy's an asshole, like an actual asshole <laughs> I imagine is probably going to be someplace in this, I don't know. <laughs> he
0: has no idea what's coming, it's so fun for me. But
1: then, but then,
0: see, Christy gets arrested by the air
1: marshals, <laughs> Jackson's detained, and the joy of it is, I have no repercussions from it, and the podcast numbers go up. Absolutely. Now all this,
0: everybody she, wins except for me. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Uh, actually, no. I think the only person that wins is me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. That's and true. that's the
1: way I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, before we get started, I should say that this information comes from the book Killer Priest, The Crimes, Trial, and Execution of Father Hans Schmidt by Mark Gatto. And I did have a moment uh, where I realized I hadn't looked too closely at it since I'd, I'd gotten my hands on it because I was saving it for for later, for mm-hmm. this week. And I was like, so, or, or, I, don't know, I think it was last Friday, I was like, oh, shit. What if it's, like, fictionalized? What if it's not what I think it is? Because I had read two little bits and pieces, and I was like, okay, save it for later. But it felt real. Mm-hmm. and But I was like, I, I, I second-guess myself a lot. It's, it's a thing. So I get the book, and I flip to the end, and I see that Mark Gatto is a former New York Police detective, so you know, and I see a couple other credits for for true crime type books. I can say, like, okay, all right, all right. So so far so good. Flip a little bit more. There's an index. An index is always a good sign that you're actually reading nonfiction. Flip a little bit more. Sources. Mm. Bibliography. Yes, I actually was just like laying on the bed looking at my, like, and I was just like, oh, sources. <laughs> like the dork that I am. I
1: just picture you, like nudging Jackson, honey. Sources. There's sources. Light the candles, get the champagne. It's going to be a fun night. There's sources. <laughs> There's sources.
0: Sources are in the air. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Mr. Gatto, his sources were newspapers, court testimony, sworn depositions from family members, and hundreds of pages of sworn statements from Hans Schmidt himself. Because the guy couldn't shut up. No, he really couldn't. He really, you're going to see, he really couldn't. He did, um, Mr. Gatto did ask the church, the Catholic Church for aid, but shockingly, they never responded. can't uh,
1: imagine. Yeah, I
0: know, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um,
1: then I need to the Catholic Church later. has been so responsible with the scandals in their midst, I can't imagine that they were tight-lipped about this. <laughs> yeah, no. Holocaust That's not... child abuse. What? What? <laughs>
0: Tight-lipped isn't their way. No,
1: no, no, not at all.
0: So uh, okay, so Hans Schmidt. Something I don't think we really talked about was his number of siblings. He he's the sixth of ten. Holy uh, Jesus! And when her father couldn't remember his name, he would actually just call him the sixth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am I am one of five. Mm-hmm. There were times, and growing up. I think I think this is why I kind of gravitated towards a lot of the entertainment field because uh-huh. you know drummer and you know did did a little bit of voice work mm-hmm. voice acting and now podcasting there was a whole lot of hey look at me because there was a lot of times whenever my mom would go um I need you to go out no listen to uh, Billy uh, uh, Brand uh, <laughs> um <laughs> I went, my name's Scott. (laughs) Just wait till you have children. So I didn't. I didn't have children. (laughs) And I think the time that it probably stung the worst was whenever my dad, and looking back on it, it's funny. At the time it stung, my dad was listing off his kids. Mm -hmm. Because somebody asked him, oh, what are your kids' names? And he, and I, I'd been taking care of my dad quite a while. My dad was very sick. And my dad goes, uh. I have a daughter, Penny, a uh, son, Billy. I have uh, another daughter, Marianne, and Brandon, and, um... um, um. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like just like, I'm, I'm right here, Dad.
0: <laughs> Over here, what's my name? I can relate to you, because my... You know, there, there were s- several of us in my family, and my mom used to go through... I mean, when I was in... in High school, she would go through all you know, five of our names, and then the the cat and her husband. (laughs) She was working her way, and she would also sometimes like mash together my name and my sister's name. So let's say I'm not gonna say my sister's real name, but let's say her name is Carol. She would say like (laughs) Creral. Because she was like, she would start with my name, but she would actually want to talk to my sister. And also, one time she misspelled my name in her appointment book at her salon. Oh, that's beautiful. Which is brutal because everybody always misspells my name because of the special spelling that she gave it. And I'm like, see, even you can't get it right. And it was your idea to name me after a fictional murderess. Wow. Kristen on Dallas.
1: Oh. I can't prove it, but I'm probably named after somebody on Another World or uh, probably. Days of Our Lives.
0: One of those, uh, Santa Barbara was it? Oh. My
1: brother's named after Brandon Capwell in Santa Barbara. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, that's why I think I'm. there's probably a Douglas mm-hmm. someplace. My dad named me Scott after his favorite uncle who froze to death in a chicken coop one night. Um, <laughs> I'm not lying. I am not lying. Oh, jeez. So I'm sure there was a Douglas Fairbanks or a Douglas McAllister or something like a that. Douglas
0: Fairbanks is his actual name. That's actual true. Actor, so it, maybe. Okay, maybe. <laughs> well, he was, Hans Schmidt himself, he was known to be rather self absorbed, kind of moody. No. He didn't really talk to very many people, even in his family, especially his father. He and his father, they didn't get along very well. He was a mama's boy. We knew that, but geez, she really, she neglected her children in favor of going to church and praying all day. She would just kind of like let the children do the housework and the, and the cooking and taking care of them, each other to varying results. And just so that she could pray, 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 and go to church, go to church, go to church. And Hans was with her 100% on this. Um, so, and, and the father was rarely home. Excuse me. He was a a railroad official, well-respected, but he was off on the road a lot. So that had an effect on his upbringing. What are you thinking?
1: She's seeing the look on my face. My dad and I didn't really get along. And actually, I was talking to my therapist about this. (laughs) My dad and I didn't get along until he was deathly ill and I was taking care of him. Mm. And it kind of hit me. I don't think my dad actually loved me until I was taking care of him. Mm. And but I mean it ended on good terms, so I'm happy about that. I was very much a mom's boy, and I'm sitting here thinking, how close am I to being a serial killer? <laughs> I'm
0: like, I'm, I'm, and I'm. I think, I think that, as you hear some more details, you'll realize you're much further away than you think. I at least I hope so. See, at this point, <laughs> at this point, I'm, at this point, we have we're we're, we're skimming the surface. Just wait until we get get nine feet deep. <laughs> Dude, <it> wait. <laughs> see, I'm
1: hearing all this, and I'm worried that I'm like. You know that one time your dad hugged you and said he was proud of you? That's what kept you from being a serial killer. That's the difference. There's the border. We're
0: about five to ten minutes away from you being like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. I, mean, I
1: feel great after killing just one person. I'm going to have to keep killing and killing.
0: <laughs> and he wasn't actually a serial killer. He killed one person that we know of, and there's suspicions of the, the little girl at the church in Louisville. So, but so not even a serial, just a killer. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Gertrude, his mother, told him that he was a holy child, and he had a birthmark on his chest. She said it was a, a mark of God. It was something to do with when they put him up on the crucifix, and you know, a reproduction of that or something. She
1: probably I, wear the spear. Yeah, probably. Christ yeah,
0: saw. I believe I believe that was it. And so his little cassocks that we talked about, his little priest outfit and collar and everything that he would wear when he was doing his little fake mass. I never really thought about who sewed those.
1: Mom. Mom,
0: yes. And he would perform Mass every night for her in her room. They would lock themselves in her room and he would perform Mass and she would, in his little fake cassock and collar, and she would just be enraptured with her little priest. The little priest they called him all over town. And that, something about that, and especially the locking away from the other nine children is incredibly disturbing to me it's not just the religious aspect of it and the the, the absolute fervor it's the, the the being forgive me but cloistered away yeah um so and but of course heinrich the father we talked about he was protestant he tried to get gertrude to convert and she was not doing it so um this had to stop this was this was all done like not when he was around when he was on the road they could do their masses and hans could sleep in mama's bed but when you know Heinrich came home, he the Hans got kicked out of the, the the bedroom for the masses and the bed. Ew. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I don't, I don't. There was no details about anything untoward going on, but the relationship is definitely. I don't feel like it's a natural mother son relationship. There's something unnatural and just icky. Definitely just not. icky.
1: Okay, good. I'm getting farther away from Hans. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, you're getting further. Um, I
1: need two action figures: one representing <laughs> me, one Hans. And you can slowly, I can slowly widen the put gulf. them apart. <laughs> occasionally, make them closer.
0: Either it, it says different numbers in the book itself. This was one dis- discrepancy that I found. Um, whether his first sexual encounter was at ten or seven, um, with a neighborhood boy named Fritz. Uh, some. Mutual masturbation going on there. Well, I had to say that, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, you
1: did. Look at me not saying anything (laughs) because I'm not a pervert. At least not in that way, ladies.
0: (laughs) Ladies. So he felt guilty about this. There's obviously there's a war going on inside him. So he would that's just increased his attendance at church and his you know confessions and everything contrition. The church says it's wrong. Um, but he also thought, well, God made me this way, so how can it be wrong? The church so he was...
1: also says eating meat on Friday is wrong.
0: Exactly, yeah, but he didn't have our rationalization. He also yeah. had his mother's very you know, strong religious views being pounded into his head day and night. So
1: Why are you in hell? Oh, I let somebody masturbate me. You, beef jerky.
0: <laughs> those might be different levels, but <laughs> I guess those people could be meeting on the pathway down. On the boat ride. Yeah. Um, According to a doctor interview, he had a great admiration for the human body and had practiced homosexuality continuously throughout his late preteens or like, you know, that that area.
1: Practiced hell. He seemed quite good at it. Yes, yes, he did seem. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, At his first communion, he heard voices. um, The voice of God saying... I'm going to do some German here because oh, I can't not. do it, do it. mein You shall become a priest. So, first communion, he heard a voice. That's We're starting to get a little... That seems rather... Uh, the, the gulf is widening between yeah. you and him, isn't it? Yeah.
1: the first, That seems rather direct for God. God usually speaks more in riddles and stuff like that, I've found.
0: Yeah, but first communion, how old are you? Yeah. You know, the, if, if, if... And honestly, I... The voice of God in his head, I think we both acknowledge, was probably just the voices talking to him.
1: Yeah, it's years of abuse.
0: Yes. And he, like I said, reticent child, uh, self-absorbed. He was never close to any of his brothers. I think we touched briefly on his relationship with his sister, Elizabeth. She was the only one he was close to, and she was like kind of like a second mother. She even came all the way out for the trial, um, whereas like his his father and and his mother just gave depositions. Let's go
1: ahead and move those action figures closer.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Not close to any of my brothers. I was close to my one si- oh, to one of my sisters. So yeah, it goes a little,
0: a okay, little it's closer. Okay, a little closer. Yeah. Um, But most of his other siblings, he wouldn't speak more than a few words to, except for, in addition to Carl, or, sorry, Elizabeth, also Carl, because he was having sexual relations with him. Further away. Further away. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that started somewhere around the same age as the Fritz stuff.
1: Ew. So. Like, here's the weird thing. Fritz, I'm okay with, because it's just boys experimenting, right? Totally okay with that. Brother
0: is a different story. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And it was, yeah, that that same age. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. And we're about to pile some more on. See, I don't think that we fully understood when we were talking about the, you know, Mr. Squeakers and Mr. Quackers and everything. I don't think we really fully understood what was happening there. I think we 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 almost hit it, but not quite.
1: I have suspicions. What you I th- didn't want to voice the suspicions. Okay, but I don't. I still like. She's looking at me, going like, "What are you thinking, Scott?" I still don't want to voice the. Suspicions. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I am going to say this: the severed heads of a goose could
0: make a very good fleshlight. <laughs> what well, was uh, blood really oh, was okay. blood was the big uh, thing. So um it blood just got him going this is horrifying because i'm talking about a child really at the time mm-hmm. i mean he would eventually become a horrifying man but it's still it's this is rough um so he uh yeah he, he was he was transfixed by blood um on one occasion with his sister Um, she was, he had gotten a big scrape and she was, um, you know, tending to it and he got excited, which is, um, awkward. So, but yeah, it was blood really was the big fixation here, um, and we're going to see more and more of that.
1: And that goes back to that communion thing, the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ, yeah, yeah it
0: does, it does. I think that it, it's it, there's a lot of tangly religious and sexual stuff going on in here, and it's it's pretty... So Yeah, he would he would just sit there, and we, we talked about how he liked to watch the slaughterhouse, what he loved even more, to watch his mother... Excuse me, he loved even more to watch his mother slaughter the chickens. And like I said, like we talked about earlier, he would take the heads to play with or hide for later use... Um, once his father caught him, later and in use. with a bloody head, and gave him a big scolding, so uh, he was careful to only p- play with his toys when his father was away, here is a direct quote from Dr. Jelleth, who was one of the psychiatrists who, um, yeah, I, wonder, I who would want, later examine him.
1: I want to see the Hans Schmidt line of action figures that are just <laughs> severed animal heads yep, on blister yep. cards like old Star Wars <laughs> figures.
0: All right, so... On one occasion, he had taken the head of a rooster and put it while still bleeding on the end of his penis and had walked around strutting about with this decapitated head on the... of this rooster on his penis until his father caught him and beat him. I fucking knew it. You knew it. You knew it. You you actually that was I like went, my biggest, most fun revelation. I was like, son of a bitch, Scott, in my head I like two minutes ago.
1: Knew it. Yeah. I my mind went to the worst possible place. I really, I
0: should have guessed, but I I, I I luckily am not. I uh, guarantee <laughs> there. I guarantee he kept
1: squeakers and quackers. One for the end of his dick and one for up his ass.
0: Oh, it just got worse.
1: (laughs) But did it get more accurate?
0: There's nothing about that in here, but he probably, as, as far as that's concerned, he would be less likely to talk about because that's a little more gay seeming, so he he talks about it, but not extensively. He doesn't give details about that, and his family wouldn't have known about that, most likely.
1: I don't think I don't. Th- yeah, because it's easier to hide.
0: <laughs> Get that off
1: your penis, okay? When it goes up the butt with the other one.
0: So yeah, we did talk about. I don't the... ever
1: remember owning a brown goose. Oh God!
0: <laughs> you keep making it work. Um. <laughs> He uh yeah, we talked about the the two geese that he he decapitated those himself and there was a lot of blood. And it was Heinrich, his father, that found this. He like followed the trail of blood to um the, to his
1: son wearing a chicken head. Well, on no, his, oh yeah, my to, god.
0: Just to the, the decapitated geese and then he was like, gee, I wonder how this could have happened. And comes and, and goes and finds uh, Hans in his room, who still has blood on his pants legs and has a goose head in his pocket. So, yeah, and so that's when Heinrich really realized, my kid is fucked up. I, I, I don't know where this was in relation to the rooster penis episode, But I hope it was beforehand, because it really, if not, it should have been the Rooster Penis episode. Yeah. And Rooster Penis episode, no, I knew I was going to say that sentence today. Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) That's my life now. I know, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm going to say Rooster Penis episode at some point in time today.
1: Hey there, Hans. (laughs) Nice cock. (laughs) Shit. I can't believe you didn't catch that. No,
0: I've, I've, been, I've been neck deep in this shit, you, neck deep in this schmidt, <laughs> so you have no idea. It, it actually um, got a little depressing sometimes, but Gertrude was like, oh, they were going to be eaten anyhow. That's her attitude towards her son slaughtering the geese.
1: Okay, little parenting tip from somebody who doesn't have kids. If your son starts to wear animal heads on his penis, it's time for professional help. Yes. A lot of people go, Scott, you don't have kids. (laughs) You you can't tell me how to raise my children. You don't have children yourself. How do you know? I'm not a helicopter pilot, but if I see one stuck in the top of a tree, I know something fucked up and went (laughs) wrong. I'm not a parent, but uh, if your son's wearing, or your daughter for that matter, really gender neutral, if your child is wearing animal heads on their genitalia, you fucked up, and it's your responsibility to unfuck it up.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that is the old-timey, crimey, child-rearing tip of the day. hmm So, um, and this, Hans... This is
1: actually making my eyes water.
0: This,
1: <laughs> no lie. This is...
0: Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hans, when asked by his father why, he just said, I like to see blood.
1: Well, there's some honesty for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, pretty honest. Pretty, just straight into to the point. The geese, they weren't the only animals to get the, the, the bad treatment around the house. That not. same year, chickens were killed mysteriously. There were rabbit limbs found in the cellar, mutilated squirrel carcasses found on the property. Really, the neighbors were fucking terrified. The family we were like, "Yeah, we know what's up here," but it was never proven that it was Hans that did it. But come on, all these—how yeah. uh, many other serial killers are there in the neighborhood?
1: It's oh like, wait, it's
0: like owning a cat that <laughs> yeah. just
1: keeps bringing you dead animals. Yes, exactly. Yeah, except exactly. this one has thumbs and <laughs> logic.
0: Yeah. Um. So. We talked about the slaughterhouse and his enjoyment of the slaughterhouse. He would lose track of time there. I mean, he would just be transfixed. The butchers actually went and told Heinrich. They were like, look, your kid's hanging around. It's kind of fucking weird, dude. So maybe do something about it. And he beat Hans. And Hans kept going. He would also take Fritz. And they would both get excited by the blood. Which is where I said, how many other serial killers can there be in the neighborhood? Oh, wait! Two. <laughs> two.
1: The answer is two.
0: Would you please be so kind as to um, read the title of this index card?
1: Slaughterhouse Two. <laughs> I had fun with that. Yeah.
0: hmm <laughs>
1: I feel dirty just touching that.
0: (laughs) You should have had to write it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there was a lot of concern because we talked about the family history of mental illness. We didn't get too deep into that, but holy shit. Heinrich's grandfather had long periods of institutionalization. Um, Gertrude's, Gertrude's grandfather committed suicide. Her brother followed suit soon after. Heinrich's brother was institutionalized for his whole adult life. And then later in the book, I didn't write all these down because it was just like a deluge, but later in the book, um, when the lawyer is trying to prove, uh, Hans is insane and he brings out this family history, history of mental illness. At that point in time, there's about five more suicides added to this list it's crazy it I was like that the, the, that happened in the interim between when heinrich started to worry and when heinrich was at, at doing a deposition about his son because his son had murdered somebody wow yeah so it's pretty it's pretty heavy in the family i mean that doesn't mean anything it doesn't you know like and
1: i've often said it mental illness is a disease yes just like cancer just like heart disease. It's, we still live in this weird stigma. Mm-hmm. This is, honestly, I think this is probably one of the two or three most archaic things that we do. If I have the flu, I'm going to a doctor. Mm-hmm. If I have cancer, I'm going to an oncologist. If I'm freaked out, why do I get stigmatized? Because I go to a therapist.
0: Yes, yes. I am fully with you on that. Yeah. I've I've made a point of being open and honest and just frank about being in therapy because several times I've had people ask me, you know, very quietly, like, oh, can, can I get your therapist number? Does she have any openings? You know, like, and they'll always do it on the side, but I feel like being the more open and honest we are about it, the less stigma there is. And it's, it sucks because it's like you're bearing the burden of other people's ignorance and you're having to like educate people and, and everything. But at the same time, we got to do what we got to do, you yeah. know? So, so yeah, I'm with you on that. And you know, honestly, Heinrich knew his son was fucked up. He knew that there was this family history. And what does he do? A whole lot of nothing. There wasn't a lot to do during that time, especially um, in Germany. Um, so I'm sure the beatings helped. Yeah, I'm sure the beatings helped a lot. Yeah, that, that, that tends to help. So in 1895, the family moved to uh, the town of Mainz, which I have to wonder about the motivation for that move. Was it, okay, Hans has killed too many of the neighborhood cats... The neighbors are starting to give us dirty looks. We need to get the fuck out. <laughs> or, here's the thing: there is a prominent seminary in Maine's. Was this Gertrude's doing? Was it her? You know, she, she wanting her, her 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 little priest to really be a, a priest. I'm willing to
1: bet. I am willing to bet. It's both.
0: Yeah, it's probably both. Like, Heinrich was like, we gotta get out of here. The neighbors are gonna start the pitchforks and torches any minute now. And Gertrude's like, I know where we can go.
1: And I, you know what? It could be a thing too. Heinrich does not like his son. At this point, it's like, Okay, seminary, good. Yeah, yeah, good. religion, good. Catholic, yeah. Get it? I'm getting yeah. shit. I'm Protestant as all fuck. <laughs> Look at me, I'm nailing up more shit. I think yeah. that Luther kind of did it a little underhandedly, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make up more rules. I think God should deliver pizza on every Thursday before mass.
0: How about that? I th- tap I mean, tap tap. God should ban the torturing and slaughtering of animals by children. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, God loves that shit. I've read the Old Testament. Yeah, that's true.
0: So, um, yeah, his priesthood education essentially began at this point, around the age of, of 14. Um, he was very studious, uh, very smart, top of his class, still odd. Uh, the teachers agreed that he was a genius.
1: I'll tell you what'll solve homosexuality, becoming a Catholic priest.
0: <laughs> yes, that'll do the job. <laughs> Surely nobody has tried this before. Nah. Uh, Keep him
1: far away from women. Yeah. Tell him he can't touch him at all.
0: <laughs> That'll Just do the trick. Throw him around a
1: whole bunch of men who have the same feelings.
0: We found the secret formula.
1: That's it. The secret for not being gay. It's that in
0: war. <laughs> so age 19, he's admitted to St. Augustine Seminary, and this is Gertrude's dream come true. But Hans is actually questioning it. He actually has some doubts here. He's questioning his faith and wondering if he should really go down this path until, of course, God speaks to him again. This time a little bit more eloquently. Okay. If you have not the vocation, make yourself one. Hmm. Which is kind of like make it your own, which he kind of did. So I feel like he was following that directive. Unfortunately, it came from his diseased mind and not from actual the voice of God. Sorry, not really a big believer in hearing voices from God.
1: Dear God, are you sure I can still get into heaven? I have a goose head in my
0: butt and one up my urethra. <laughs> Excellent accent. I, uh, thank you. Good Hans impersonation. Thank
1: you. I've been working hard on my German.
0: So while he is uh, at seminary, he would make extra money uh, playing the violin in uh, saloons. In his cassock and collar. <laughs> so full priest get up, all right? You know, the robe, the the collar, playing the violin in a saloon. Does something in this picture seem a little wrong?
1: <laughs> Several things. And I'm adding shit to it. Covered in blood. Severed, <laughs> severed goose heads hanging out of his pocket. Yeah. Staring at, as he's playing in the saloon, staring at somebody while they're eating their veal parmesan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: this
1: dead goose head, the tongue lolling out the side. Is
0: that a shaving cut on your face, or are you happy to see me? <laughs> All of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, and then he, he actually, he, he wouldn't necessarily... He, he didn't seem to be doing this for the money. Because he would just sometimes just come back and give it all away. There were some really weird contradictions in his behavior. Well, I mean,
1: we're, we're not really doing this podcast right now for the money. We're giving this all away. I mean, that's true. Really what happens, one of us has to become a serial killer. That would drive the...
0: But we don't even have a hat on the ground. You know? This, not yet. Not yet. So he had his hat on the ground, or I guess a case, probably a violin case on the ground. We don't even have our Patreon open. We're just like, free! Free for everybody! The money will happen.
1: <laughs> don't worry.
0: It will be magical. Um. So, yeah, he. it was just weird shit. He would, he would later like steal food from the the uh, monastery or whatever the church when food was free for the priests and there were no complaints about availability so it's, it's very strange he would he would steal money from the church but then give it away to the people he thought were deserving
1: i'm gonna move the action figures closer okay um and i'll tell you why uh they always have food out at it uh, at my workplace always always, yeah. always always right and even though it's free like somebody like I'll if somebody is there and I'm going to go steal this apple. And I'll will say I'll use the word steal. <laughs> and uh it always feels wrong taking it. First off, will you please have healthier food? My place of work that I'm not mentioning <laughs> because it's really hard. I'm trying to lose weight and it's really hard walking by nachos and tacos every oh fucking day. Oh my god,
0: day. that would be impossible. Yeah. That's why I don't go to the gym on pizza Monday. Yeah,
1: exactly. But this last time, thank God, it's summer, so they had lighter fare, so I was mm-hmm. able to like swipe and see there. I just did it yeah, again. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. I was able to take an apple or some grapes and stuff like that, something a bit healthier. But it's still like it's just it's this constant barrage of food, and on top of that, I have to speak on the phone, so it's not like I can eat it. You know? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How can I help you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I get it. But at the same time, he would sneak. He would say, I'm going to go steal some bread from the kitchen. He Mm -hmm. would sneak. It's very strange. You know, it's it's just a little... It's a weird contradiction in his personality where he's like, yeah, I'll take some money and then just gives it away. Um... And at the, at the seminary, he was hostile towards his colleagues. He had a tenuous, you know, kind of reputation and argued with his professors. So we can kind of see the beginning of his getting, you know, kicked from one church to the other to the other mm-hmm. here because he just can't get along with people. So then he goes to the University of Munich. And that's where we talked about his arrest for, uh, in, in 1905. For char- he was charged with forging graduation certificates. And honestly, again, we can question, did he just take the money and give it away? Because it seems likely. Did he take the money at all? Yeah. You know, like he, just, he just thought that these failing students deserved to pass. So, and it seemed like he, it was on him to decide who, who gets to pass and fail, who gets the money from the church offering, who gets to live, <laughs> you know? So
1: that little joke where I said the last time around about him... Like, he got in with the other counterfeiter and was like, oh, we can charge money for this? Yeah. This might have been true.
0: Yeah, it very well might have been, yeah. and Action
1: figures get closer.
0: He, I mean, he, he actually started the uh, the graduation certificates with his own diploma, his fake diploma for Dr. Johann Schmidt. And he told everybody he was a doctor, and they called him the crazy doctor and the crazy priest, and it was, it was a very strange kind of situation of, of what was going on there. Um, so yeah, he was charged with, uh, forging these graduation certificates, his dad came swooping in with the money, and a lawyer, the lawyer argued, look, there's a family history of mental illness, some of his relatives have killed himself, if you put him in jail, he might kill himself, and I'm kind of like, I I don't know, I'm side-eyeing that real hard, that argument, but uh, I don't know very much about Germany's legal system, so, the knowledge that he might go to jail soon just turns Hans even nuttier. I don't know if he was trying to prove a point or if he was just kind of blossoming into this crazy nutty person that he would become. He rides his bike through the city in broad daylight. In his underwear!
1: Yes! (laughs) Action figures get farther away.
0: So his insanity plea had a quote-unquote deluge of supporting depositions. Because everyone knew him as the crazy doctor and everybody had seen him riding his bike. So it could have been... You know, shades of things to come later when it's like, well, is he putting this 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 insanity? is is he shamming, as they said through the book? Is he shamming the inf- insanity defense? I don't no. Think, no, no, no no absolutely. Once you put a chicken head on the end of your penis, I think you've crossed the line. You, we we can officially say that, I mean, but that doesn't necessarily excuse murder because of the way that the law is set up. So anyhow, but right. that's that's not really the point right now. But so the court sends him to a cold wander. Cold water sanitarium at Jordanbad in Württemberg.
1: Is this what I think it is? Like cold bath shocking into sanity? Yeah, yeah. yeah cold I've baths. I've heard about these.
0: Every day as therapy. Uh, Hans is there for a month. He takes one bath. <laughs> Hans, I was going to say buddy, but I don't want to. Um, maybe he should have taken a couple more. I don't think that it actually affects anything, but it's worth a fucking shock. Yeah. Jesus. Bonkers, dude!
1: Cold, cold water baths for sanity. I know, right? This is right up there with God. Just it, it kind of hits me. We've only been really doing medicine right, probably for about a hundred years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know the medicine for the head.
1: Yeah, less than that. So, honestly psychologically i don't even think we're there.
0: Oh no, i don't think we're there yet. Yeah. i think we have a lot a lot further to go.
1: Yeah. And i'm I, I do something i do something uh honestly that i find helps amazingly but at the same time seems a bit like witchcraft and woo. Mm-hmm. I, I do this thing called EMDR.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. of EMDR. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you have PTSD, i i strongly suggest it my results may not be your results but i movement to sensitization and reprocessing i love it i love it it's a fantastic thing but why yeah it just Seems like, at what point, like, what is the proof that cold water baths... I know. ...cause sanity?
0: Oh, well, later on, they actually brought some, when he was in jail, they brought some phrenologists in. Multiple phrenologists. phrenologists to read the bumps on his head. read the bumps on his head. And there are extensive reports about the bumps on his head and his facial structure and everything and what all of that says about him as a person. And, yeah, it's, it's. I didn't really get into that because I was just like, you know, it's pseudoscience and it's, you know, not really, it's not... It's, it's it's just a thing that they did, you know, but it, it still was, like, reading it, I was like, you're so full of shit. You're only saying it because you know he killed a person. Yeah. You know you're saying he has a brutal face because he killed a person, and you know it. Like, your, your own biases are coming into play here, this whole, like, head bump thing. Listen, I have, um, uh... Thing where I I'm a picker. I pick up my scalp. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm getting better at it, but not always. Me, my ears. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I, I have I have a little thing in like up in the the top of my ear that I sometimes mm-hmm. get at if I can't get any good scabs on my scalp. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I swear. But it is a like it's like a not chronic isn't isn't the word, but it's compulsive. Yes. All right. It, and it's actually in the DSM now. Um, this is like skin picking type disorder. Um, and. My bumps on my scalp can change at any time. Yeah, <laughs> because of that. Yeah, like, I, I, and, and then all of a sudden, my personal, personality, according to a phrenologist, would go from, "Oh, she's a sweet girl," to, "She gonna kill someone mm-hmm. <laughs> any minute now. Just watch, she's gonna snap."
1: <laughs> For me, and and. You know, here's here's something too. Now Christy and I are finding out stuff about each other. <laughs> yeah. I will, even in my sleep, I will scratch my ears until they bleed. You have um, blood mm-hmm. already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just woke up. I here was about like forty minutes ago. He
0: didn't shave, so how? But yeah. I know, I totally get so, it. So yeah,
1: yeah. I, I have blood there. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, instead of biting my nails, and I people don't really do notice you pick the corners of my nails. Do oh, you see it there. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I see yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I do. I do like the corners of my nails. My
0: nails used to peel very badly, um, and I would peel my nails instead of biting my nails. So I like, remember strengthened them up. But
1: I remember listening to a radio show one night where this guy called in, and they were talking about cannibalism on this show, and this guy goes, <clears throat> "What degree does it happen?" He was an author on cannibalism, and he goes, "I will chew." The corners of, like, where the skin meets the nail. It's the skin, right? -hmm. And the the radio host actually flips out on the guy. (laughs) That's disgusting. That's horrible. And at the next break, the author didn't come back. Huh? And I'm like looking down at my nails, going, like, "I do the same thing, buddy." I, you know, I'm just
0: that's weird to flip out on. That's a weird thing to flip out on.
1: The, you, the radio. I'm not going to say who the radio host was. Coast to coast and George
0: Nori. I um, kind of had a feeling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, but the guy, yeah, it was a, George Nori's a weird one. Okay. He's he's that type of guy. I'm not saying George Norrie is this, but he has that type of affecture, that type of personality. That you can tell, and I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off here, it seems to me is very fake.
0: Oh, okay. All right. right. He'd
1: be the one going, like, you know, uh, Steve, you know, little Steve there, 10 years old, uh, you know, I I, I wonder, you know, what's up there on the moon? Do you think aliens have feet as he's digging, like, the ditch by the side of the road to bury the corpse of his latest victim? Do you think, and then just asking stupid questions... Now, do you think ghosts have feet, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't think ghosts have feet. They just float around. I mean, they'd just be hanging there. I bet what it is is after you're a ghost you have feet for a while, but then as you forget that you ever had feet, they fade away.
0: <laughs> that sounds kinda nutty. <coughs> I know somebody else who was kinda nutty. <laughs> uh,
1: getting back to Hollands.
0: <laughs> bit of a derail but it was a fun one there we go um so after uh jordan bad he was sent to the monastery a monastery for penance he drove the monks nuts no (laughs) he was hostile he would not listen to a single command he would try to argue and logic his way out of everything or he would just just you know clam up um and he ran around one day without any pants only wearing the cassock which they generally tend to be about ankle length but there's a little opening <laughs> down the middle so pretty sure that yeah that was that was something i wonder um, how
1: genetically gifted old hans was it's
0: it's a question it's a question we'll never know and that's fine yeah but yeah it's a question and he was uh maybe not so much because they they weren't impressed they sent him back to Mainz after a few oh, weeks fair enough i mean is it like
1: is it like a shiitake mushroom just hanging out there or is he full rasputing it, <laughs> yeah,
0: full rasputing it. that needs the is it rasputing or rasputining
1: I'm going, since it ends in I-N already... We can just throw a G on there. Throw a G on there for brevity's sake.
0: In in Johnstown, with our our, our tendency to drop the G, Mm -hmm. uh, it would be Rasputin. (laughs) And then it just just, goes back to the original. Just the original
1: name. Yeah. We're professional podcasters here. At least I am. I've made money doing this.
0: So... <laughs> I'm a freshman writer. I've made money writing. There we I go. I also English lit major. I When they handed me the diploma, they said, this confers upon you nothing but the uh, ability to make up words. So go forth and and make up words.
1: Uh, rasputing it is. Rasputing
0: it is. So, um, speaking of crazy priests, um, <laughs> ordained on December 24th, 1906. Christmas creeping up in here again. Just a, mm-hmm. just a hint of it, but enough. Um... The other candidates knew about his behavior and that was the reason for the late night, secluded, like locked in the the bishop's room or whatever um, ordination because of, like, nobody would approve. But I think the, the either the bishop took a shine to him or uh, just wanted to get Hans out of his hair. It's possible. I mean... I, I wouldn't
1: say it's the first one, took a shine to him. yeah, look, at crazy. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. Look at him, brother. Right yeah, you go, Hans, dick hanging out and everything. You don't yeah. give a shit, man. This is going to be hilarious. I'm going to make it a priest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that, yeah. Um... And we talked about, all right, so then he's, as we know, he's sent off to various parishes and then kind of gets, ends up parish hopping because of his reputation that he gains. Um, We wanted to know what his preaching was, what what was unorthodox about it. There were several areas where he would stray from the traditional movements and actions of the uh, Catholic services, um, you know, using the wrong fingers on the the chalice for the blood of Christ and stuff like that. Like just, Scandalous. just yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but really his preaching, he he said, was quote unquote, talking about that which I wanted to. And it was kind of people people didn't like it. Um he uh he delivered a sermon using the voice and gestures in the manner of an actor. And people didn't, and especially in a small town, people don't they don't want some big fake They don't want that. They Mm -hmm. want earthy, down to earth, normal, and that they can understand. So there's lots of talk and laughter around town. You can imagine they were probably like mimicking him a lot. And during one of his speeches or his his, his, um, sermons, listeners were so shocked that they believed they had a lunatic in the pulpit. Good on you. They were right. They were right. Good job. So, um, and this is around the time he was caught stealing church donations, like I said, and handing them to the people he thought deserved them. Okay, sure. I mean, okay, it, all right. But it feels a little bit like playing God in its own way. But then again, isn't the church by deciding who gets those donations? Cough, cough. The church, um, isn't the church also playing God? So it's it's I have uh,
1: trouble believing that God ran out of money at some point. Also like
0: it, that the whole morality yeah. of it is just a tangled mess that I can't deal with, so I'm just going to breeze right past it.
1: God didn't have enough put aside whenever his kid oh tried to open up a carpentry business.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I once uh I I had a creative writing class in college and we were once charged with a an, an in-class assignment. To uh, write an obituary for a famous person. And I realized sitting around the room, I, I was like, I could look at every person. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, she's gonna do Marilyn Monroe. Mm, yeah, he's gonna do Bob Marley. I was like, I could just look around and see what everybody's gonna do. And I was like, I wanna do something unexpected. So I wrote God's obituary. <sighs>
1: I like that.
0: In lieu of flowers, please, please send money to the YMCA. I like that. Care K- of Jesus. Jesus. I actually uh, was uh, tasked with reading it aloud to the class the next I, <laughs> class session because the professor loved it so much.
1: <laughs> I probably would have gotten in trouble because the first place my mind went. This is just me. The first place my mind would go is I would write the obituary of the professor that's teaching
0: oh, the course. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I just like the idea of God is dead, but nobody ever wrote his obituary, so let's get to that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I wish I still had that, because it was probably the funniest thing I've ever written in my life. I probably won't. I, I peaked. I <laughs> peaked at, like, 20. I'll never go back. So um, his reputation, um, he... We have a... Uh, here's the tie to... That brought me to this book, that helped me find this book. He openly discussed Harry Thaw from Harry Thaw and Evelyn Nesbitt. What? He sympathized with Thaw, who was, quote, being persecuted according to him what? yes I know and you can see the inspiration for the insanity plea that would come later because Thog got up with an insanity plea and he ended up basically just like walking out one day like walking out of the sanitarium or whatever so you can see the inspiration he was like well he wasn't even I'm I'm chicken on penis crazy he was just pants on head crazy you yeah. know chicken on penis fuck there's your DSM yeah.
1: for the day <laughs> If you don't know what the DSM is, look it up. It's. Uh, and of course, I have mental problems because those are my initials.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I thought of that. Yes. Son of a bitch.
1: Yeah. That
0: is it, funny.
1: It was like it was meant to be. Wow. But I'm more along the lines of uh, self destructive, anxiety, cries under the drop of a hat, crazy. Not I'm not pants on head or crazy or cold water bath crazy, I'm not even chicken head on penis crazy. <laughs> so I think, I think with the card stacked against me, I've done pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very impressive.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, uh,
0: Hans was not doing so good. Uh, <laughs> after all his church hopping it's... and money stealing and food stealing and weird sermons, and he probably rode his bicycle in his underwear a couple times and just nobody ever bothered to tell us about it. Um, he was, he was asked to leave. Um, but the, here's the thing. He's asked to leave by the, the current church, but the bishop refused to reassign him. That's how he ended up coming to America. Because they were like, we'll just leave you in limbo. They didn't necessarily send him over here. They were just like, limbo. Ha 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 didn't She was very proud of herself. I didn't, even, I didn't even mean to. I totally didn't it didn't happen on purpose. I was just like, oh, I just caught that. Okay. I see what puns. I did there. <laughs> yeah. Unintentional puns. We can make a song out of that. Um,
1: $5 on Patreon. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes, So his career is in shambles, really So that's why, that was his inspiration It was his inspiration to move to America, really As far as we can tell So he got money from his father He got money from the collection plates He got money from extorting elderly parishioners
1: Be a real shame if uh, somebody found out about that chicken head in your penis there Steven, you and I (laughs) See, I'm crazy, I don't give a fuck People can know, I don't care I'll ride my bike through town naked with a goose head up my ass (laughs) I don't care, but you You got a family, so you better cough up that 72 cents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The book does go very, pretty detailed, uh, does a pretty detailed overview of the Alma Kellner case. Uh, That's the little girl who was found um, dead in the basement of the church in Louisville, where Hans Schmidt was uh, a priest. Uh, And I didn't pull in too many of those details, just because it wasn't Schmidt related, you know, we still don't know when he was on death row, and they would ask him. You know, his lawyer asked him, the um, prison chaplain asked him, you know, because they were trying to figure out. Because, they, like we said, that the the, um, the janitor at the church was actually uh, arrested for it, and there was actually a big manhunt that went like all the way around the country, and it was it was actually kind of crazy. So, um, but yeah, they they. There was still this this idea, like once Hans had been implicated in this one killing, of like, did he do the other one? Now, did he kill that little girl? And so they kept on asking him. and He would say, "No, no, like i never met that girl. Louisville is history. It still is." It's methinks thou doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. Is is kind of how I'm feeling, but but I, I don't know. But yeah, so it does go into a, a large, uh, a long narrative about that, which is interesting and heartbreaking. Um, so, but, and also interesting is that Hans left Louisville at right about the same time as that janitor was being sentenced to life. Uh, he would actually get out 26 years later, I believe, so, um.
1: That's not bad for a crime you didn't commit.
0: Yeah, 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 just 26 years of your life, just mm. like just like a, um, what do you know? A, a third. A third-ish, yeah. yeah. Um, probably life expectancy a little lower after being in prison for all those years with the great health care. I'm sure they had. I've seen
1: Shawshank Redemption. I'm a little jealous.
0: Holy hell! The descriptions of the prisons, um, both the tombs in New York and Sing Sing, are detailed and heart wrenching. You find yourself feeling sorry for criminals. Um, it's in this book. It, it, it's very, very detailed, very thorough descriptions, and and very much like, honestly, it makes you feel sorry for the fucking criminals. Wow. And also, especially knowing that you know how many of those. Not every single person who had actually committed a crime, you know? Like, there's plenty of falsely accused people that end up in jail. So, and it it was a million times worse back then than it is now. And it's not great now. So, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, it's something. Um, Of course, he needed to... Hans needed to finance this little jaunt to New York to find new York. So he did it with money stolen from St. John's collection plates.
1: Of course. Of
0: course. Um, So, this actually... Um, it kind of the narrative was very straightforward and linear up until the point where he left for New York, and then it jumps straight to the people finding the body parts. So it jumped past the killing to the aftermath. So we're we're going to kind of do the same, just and then I only have a few details from the killing anyhow to bring in, um, but it's just I have some professional opinions. So after the murder has happened, um, Hans is in jail. His lawyer, Alphonse Kobel. Uh, there is left in my mind no doubt that the man is crazy. All right, well, you would say that because you're trying for an of insanity course, plea, you course. know? Warden John Fallon. I think he is the most dangerously crazy man I have ever seen in my 40 years as a prison warden. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Hans, I like blood. <laughs> no, but, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, like the blood.
1: <laughs> He's, he does things to me. It to make me pants smaller.
0: <laughs> oh god So speaking of um, So three psychiatrists come He was examined by a lot of psychiatrists Three psychiatrists come to examine him um, They're kind of in a, in a darkish room There's only one lamp and everything And one psychiatrist Who had already read about um, Hans's blood fascination From the psychiatrist who examined him For the Munich deal You know, those charges there He noticed Hans staring at a cut small small cut on his pinky finger. So he goes off into a corner of the room and he opens up the cut. Or actually, I think he starts a new cut on his index finger.
1: That's dedication.
0: That's dedication. And he comes over and stands behind Hans. And as Hans is speaking, at one point he just shoves his finger right next to him. So it's suddenly in Hans's line of view. Hans jumps up, grabs the doctor's finger, tries to put it in his mouth, yelling, The blood! The blood! Jesus
1: Christ.
0: Sucked on the blood, licked his lips, yelled, All, blood, is mine! All blood belongs to me. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I know, right?
1: Oh, fuck. <laughs> At this point, if I'm the psychologist, I'm like, right
0: fuck! Fuck,
1: I've made a mistake. I need an adult. I am no longer an adult. I've reverted to a scared three-year-old girl. I need... And then, just
0: like, you know, I need a cold bath. Or how about guards? <laughs> <laughs> Which they do. The guards come uh, in. They grab him. Because there's a whole scuffle. The lamp falls over. It's it's absolute chaos. And you've got this fucking vampire trying to suck your damn blood. It's, oh, my God. Saying,
1: all blood is mine. All blood is mine.
0: In German. And uh, so the guards grab him as they're dragging him out the door. He says, sorry about that, doctor, but the blood is mine. It should be for the sacrifice.
1: Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God.
0: I read that and I was like, I'm going to take a break now. I'm not even going to write that down. I'm going to save writing that down for later. I'm going to take a break now.
1: We're just all vessels for that which is Hans's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole scene. Honestly, I should just read it the whole thing verbatim. I should just do a reading because it is so oh fucked up. We're just, yeah. Imagine, imagine that
1: though. That's what he sees us as. We're just milk jugs yeah. contained with stuff that he thinks is his that he can talk to and fuck. That's all
0: we are. Mm-hmm. And the, the sacrifice, all right? So we're also, you know, like. Filled with stuff that he can remove for the sacrifice. Um, the sacrifice is kind of to purify his own sins. It's to cleanse him of his own sins. Um, it's it's. There's implications, not necessarily in the way that he talks about, you know, the voices that he heard, uh, be- commanding him to kill um, poor Anna or Müller. Um the way that he talks, it seems like he's doing this as penance for her getting pregnant or also to help get rid of it. But like, it's very, it's very twisted and, and it twists up, up upon itself because there's also that sexual element. And it's just like it, you've got a fucking Russian nesting doll of, of, of lunacy here and wrapped up with religion and sex, too.
1: Can, can we take just a second and let's back up just a little bit, yeah, and think about how horrible it must be to be Hanza's cellmate.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think in the in the in a lot of these places they had such. Well, no, as, that's wrong. In the tomb they did. They were they were cells meant for one person and they had two and even three in some cases because the 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 jail and prison conditions in uh new york city in in 1914 as you can imagine were not spectacular
1: i want to i want to hear that probation
0: but he became friends when he was on death row he became friends like some of the men didn't like him because they 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 thought that he had you know desecrated the 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 religion which kind of yeah um but some other ones he became friends with you know there was a guy that he. Um, gave part of his last meal too. And he handed him, which I know what his last meal is. Oh. Uh, we'll get there. But he, he handed him his pillow on the way to his execution and was like, you know, here, I won't be needing this. You can have it. He would, some of them would, would ask him to pray for, for them. So yeah, he became kind of friends with, and some interesting friends too. Uh, he was, he was kind of buddy, buddy with, um, oh, it's raining. um uh, uh, I think it was him. Yeah. He was, uh, uh Lieutenant Charles Becker. Who was uh, in jail for like corruption and murder? He had didn't actually ten- police lieutenant. Whoa! New, NYPD police dep- lieutenant.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that the name of Ted Danson's character on the show Becker? Wasn't it Dr. Charles
0: Becker? Maybe I don't know. I never watched the show. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, it's 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 yeah. He made friends. Some people didn't like him, like I said. But that's that.
1: That's true of anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that. I love that in sort of a weird way, that no matter how fucked up you are, Mm -hmm. you you can still have the potential to make friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's nice to know. It's a little reassuring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aw. So, here's some interesting things about, especially about uh, the laws in New York and the way that things worked at the time. Um, The coroner would have an inquest uh, to determine the cause and manner of death. It was the custom at the time to appoint leading citizens at this hearing. Okay. Okay. Here are some of the people subpoenas went out to John D. Rockefeller Jr., Ooh. Cornelius Vanderbilt, hmm. Vincent Astor, J.P. Morgan. <laughs> this was known oh. as, in the press, the Millionaire Jury. Wow. These people had to sit there and listen to the details of how the coroner, um, or the medical examiner, actually fitted the body back together after getting all the parts in one place. <laughs> Why? Worst scavenger hunt ever.
1: I wish this would have happened a little bit earlier so, like, Thaw would have had the chance to sit on the jury. Oh, yeah. oh Wouldn't my god. Oh my god, yes. Evelyn, I found some <laughs> wonderful new uses for geese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would have put him off of his whipping thing for a little while. No. Nah. No. And, um, so, yeah, all, all these people, they were visibly uncomfortable listening to the medical examiner talk. So it's kind of nice to know that, that, you know, their, their, their wealth and fame and fucking over everybody in the, on the planet, you know, as, as many of them did. Sorry, I have a little, uh, residual anger for the Johnstown flood. I wasn't there, <laughs> but I'm still mad. Um, and some of these people were not involved and tangentially related, but, yeah, so they, they at least had to squirm a little bit, you yeah. know? They at least had to squirm in their seats and listen to some gory shit. I love
1: certain things, certain things about rich people. Now, and there are certain rich people I have no problem with. Like Bill Gates, I have no problem with Bill Gates. Bill Gates used his brain to become uh-huh. a billionaire. And then on top of it, he's using it to wipe out wipe out diseases. Yes, you know? absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, Bill yeah. Gates, I'm fine with Bill Gates. Uh, I'd buy Bill Gates a coffee, right? Jeff Bezos... I've got nothing personal against Jeff Bezos, but what I like is whenever I see him, he's got that one droopy eye, you know, that one that looks like like half of him fell asleep, and uh, and I think there's something beautiful about the fact that even with the the insane amount of money that he has, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos has enough money to buy the uh, ten most expensive buildings in the world a theoretical yacht that has not been built yet that is essentially a floating palace Mm -hmm. with its own submarine, right? That he has enough money to buy all of these and then still have enough left over to never have to worry about money again for the rest of his life, and he still doesn't have enough money to fix that (laughs) fucked up eye. There's something beautiful about that. So the fact that a bunch (laughs) of rich people had to sit there and, and go... <laughs> and learn the horrible details of chicken head fucking. And... It
0: didn't get that far. It didn't get that far. It was, it was mainly the, the. I want to believe. Uh, okay, I'll let you believe. I'll let you believe. That's fine. That's fine. And he kind of became, Hans kind of became a celebrity in his own right. There were ladies and girls as young as 16 visiting the tombs, as the, the city jail was known, um, demanding a tour and refusing to leave until they saw Schmidt. And the warden was like, just fine, just don't talk to him. He was <laughs> basically like allowed it. these like five richly dressed young women, ages 16 to 18. And I'm sure there were other cases of this. This is just one that was documented for the papers. Um, yeah, uh, like be, it was something about his looks. Um, he wasn't a bad looking guy. And then people are sometimes just attracted to the goriness, but not in the same way we are. You know, we're never gonna write letters to serial killers or any killers at all. Like I, I know I'm not. No. You're not gonna. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't understand the people who do. Except I kind of. I understand the the the. Oh, you have total control of the relationship, etc. But
1: I a write letter to a serial killer. Quite honestly, just to go. Ha ha! I caught you. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I would. I would love to be that guy that catches a serial killer.
0: Oh yeah. 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 That would know. be. That would be. Neat I, I and terrifying also. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, let's hope he doesn't get out. And uh, you know that's that's incredible. There's I'm, I'm reading I'm reading a book now, and it's weird. Like I'm still about half asleep because I just woke up here. What time is it? Yeah, I woke up about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and it's a thing. I think it's called I Hunt Killers. About this uh, about this person who has actually. Hunted down serial killers and caught them without leaving her home. Damn. She just researches until she finds them. Hmm. And yeah, I'll I'll look it up whenever I get home and send it to you. It's it's a fascinating read.
0: This card is just entitled. (laughs) This is uh, some of the some of the details came out. We got most of it honestly, but there were a few details that a little a few specifics um, we didn't quite get. Uh, so we know he, he decapitated her. We know he had sex with her corpse. But we didn't really question the order that these events occurred in. Yes.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Yes. And, yeah, he uh, uh, had sex with her decapitated corpse. And then, quote-unquote, as he admitted uh, in court, committed sexual pervert acts on the body. Or at least, no, he admitted to a doctor, and then the doctor had to read it in court. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk away now. I'm just going to walk away from that, except to tell you that he also drank from her decapitated head. We knew that he drank the blood. We didn't really think about what kind of vessel he used. Like I said. God!
1: This, this is the serial killer equivalent to drinking milk straight from the jug.
0: We keep on calling him serial killer. We gotta stop doing that. He's just a killer. Uh, He's just a murderer. Potential.
1: Potential serial killer. He would
0: have done more if he had had a chance, but oh my God. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from that because okay. now I can, I can...
1: Cleanse yourself?
0: Cleanse myself and in my brain, I never said those words and I don't know any of that. <laughs> These deep dives, they can be fun as hell, but they're also so disturbing. Ah... <sighs> Um, another tie to uh, the Nesbitt and Thaw thing. At the time of uh, Schmidt's sentencing, uh, Evelyn Nesbitt Thaw was packing the house at Hammerstein's roof twice a day with her body show that people couldn't get enough of, mm. and especially you know getting enough of seeing the the celebrity Evelyn Nesbitt Thaw. So another in- an interesting tie in there that you know like of course these things happen at the same time around the same place. It's just interesting. They actually have him. Uh, have the cops taking him from, um, the courthouse to Sing Sing and taking the long way around and both to, like, you know, like, they they go past Hammerstein's roof and they also go past the church on purpose in order to kind of make him realize that this is the last time he's going to be seeing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, he tried, uh, in the months after his arrest, um, between his arrest and his execution, uh, I would say spoilers, but I told you to listen to episode 11. Why didn't you listen to me? God. Um, Damn it, man. <laughs> so in the months after his, um, his, his not arrest, but his, ex- no, nope. conviction. Um, between his conviction and his execution, he tried a new story. Anna died from a home-administered abortion. Um, Murat, the dentist uh, from the previous episode, the, the one who was the help, with the counterfeiting, and they were lovers. Yes, um, was there for and helped with the abortion. Another doctor was there too, um, and Murat was the one who suggested cutting her up. And the people who were implicated in this were not happy. There are many angry, angry depositions being sent around town during this time period, and they did try for a new trial based on this supposedly new evidence because the rule is. If you have new evidence that could influence the case that was not known at the time of the trial, then you can go ahead and, you know, like, that, that that's your opening for a new trial. And everybody was like, um, if this is true, then it was known at the time of the trial, wasn't it? By one Hans Schmidt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> And, yeah, that was definitely, like, it, it really didn't work. The lawyers tried. Um, his last meal was... Let's
1: find out what crazy people eat here, people.
0: Sauerbraten, which is German pot roast. That's what he gave to one of his the fellow uh, death row people. Okay. String beans, mashed potatoes, cheesecake, and coffee. That's a decent last meal. It's decent. I don't like cheesecake. Yes, I know. I'm crazy. Um, I'm not a fan of cream cheese-flavored stuff. Um, the... String beans? I love mashed potatoes. Oh, man. I love mashed potatoes. What would your last meal be? Mm. I have thought about this. I think I would go ahead with... They say that some prisoners, um, when they request their last meal, they make it deliberately like exotic and difficult, like asking for whole lobsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But honestly, I would want some filet mignon. I would want a good, well-cooked cut of beef before I go, add those mashed potatoes in there, um, green beans, but with cherry tomatoes. If you, if you add the cherry tomatoes just before the green beans are done and just give them some time to warm, they just pop right in your mouth. Really oh, that I've never had You that. should try it, try it. Yeah. I'll it's delicious. This is like Jackson and I is like, kind of like stay home date night meal that we'll do for special occasions. Um, and, um, You know what? I just discovered the the joy that is a good crab cake. Add a crab cake in there, too. And then dessert? Just some chocolate and coffee. Okay. And like make the coffee, make it like an Irish coffee or something like that. Okay. Like the kind they do in France where it's like three quarters of the, the drink is whiskey and there's just coffee floating on top. <laughs> Jackson got his first meal when he was like <clears throat> Jackson got his first one and he was like, whoa <laughs> It's like that's Irish, alright. So how about you? What would be your last meal?
1: I would want spaghetti squash lasagna.
0: Ooh, spaghetti squash is so
1: good. Yeah, I love spaghetti squash lasagna. Nice big chunk of garlic bread. Mmm. For dessert... We're making each other
0: hungry, are we?
1: For dessert, a slice of plain angel food cake. Oh. I love... Just
0: plain angel food
1: cake? I love plain angel Mm. food cake. No strawberries.
0: Oh, I need the strawberries and the whipped cream. No. Not even just the strawberries. I need the whipped cream, too.
1: No, nothing. Just give me a plain piece of angel food cake. And to drink, I'd want a strawberry milkshake and a Mountain Dew.
0: Wait, wait, wait. I need to... I need to reiterate uh, my, not reiterate, I need to change my dessert, especially if it's summer. One of those strawberry popsicles with the real fruit. Oh, Like, yes, yes I am going straight from filet mignon to popsicle, and I have no fucking problem with that, all right? <laughs> like, It's yeah. my
1: last meal. I'll do what the fuck I want.
0: Exactly, yeah. Those, those, if it's in the summertime, I'll have that. If it's in the winter, I'm not even a big chocolate person, but I feel like as far as sweets go, that's, if, if I need a dessert, I'm not going to do cake. Pie. I feel like I've already had a heavy meal. I just want a couple pieces of like good dark chocolate mm-hmm. to go with the coffee. Really, the coffee is the dessert for me. So there we go. Oh my god, I'm so tell hungry. Us, tell us
1: your last meal. Yes, a five absolutely. Five star review on iTunes.
0: Five star review on iTunes. Tell us your last meal. Just seriously, just list it off. It's 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 not about the it's not about anything but the the five star and 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 the text. And we really do want to know your last meal.
1: I think that's insanely insanely fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. I think when we have the the party on Thursday, I'm going to be asking everybody what their last yeah. meal would be. It's uh, a great conversation starter. What's the
1: last thing you want in your mouth before you die? And me, Evelyn Nesbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was a fine-looking she was girl. Fine, a fine-looking girl. She was fine, and of age, Evelyn Nesbit. Ev- Let's of age,
1: Evelyn Nesbit. Please <laughs> and thank you. So because I'm kind. <laughs>
0: All right, um, back to Hans Schmidt uh, after his meal. He also, um, the, the ironic thing about meals that they mention in this book is that they, they will go out of their way to make it a pain in the ass for the kitchen. And then, but frequently they're so nervous, they can't eat, um, which I actually strongly identify with that. <laughs> it was like four days in France before I could actually eat a meal, you know, eat more than three bites of anything. My stomach gets, I get such an anxious stomach. So, um, uh, so yeah, he had, and we know he gave some of his sourbrot away. Uh, so, uh, he had the first full mass at Sing Sing for a prisoner on death row. He got special permission for the chaplain to come to his cell the morning of his execution around 3 a.m. And they did a full, Yeah, you know, he brought all the, the stuff that he needed and they did a full mass for it. Um, and then last words. All right. We were slightly incorrect about this. We had his last words of, uh, I beg forgiveness of all I offended or scandalized, and forgive all who have offended against me, which I didn't realize until now. Doesn't that sound a little bit like the Lord's Prayer? Yes. Yes, I forgive... Uh,
1: forgive those... I uh, Forgive my trespasses says, as I forgive, forgive those, those who trespass, trespass against, against me. me. Yeah. Yes. It's
0: so, it's so I wonder if it was just a mistranslation and he didn't understand the meaning of the words or something, quite, you know, like that offended. Because mm-hmm. offended is just like... You know, oh, you insulted me. You well, know, it's not like, oh, you cut off my head. <laughs> I remember
1: then, my, my uh, sister converted ca- to Catholicism, and I mean, I was raised Lutheran. Right? Oh, okay. So Protestant, Catholic. Uh, she met a she met a, a Catholic man. I'd like to say a nice Catholic man, but really, you know, kind of a bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> calm bastard.
0: Oh, okay. Picture,
1: picture Ron Swanson, but incapable.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right.
1: So sure. and it was a thing. I went to a Catholic mass, and God, I can serve remember, our, our, "Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." In thy kingdom come, come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. heaven.
0: Give us this the 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 day daily bread. bread. As uh, mm-hmm. th- 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 forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against but whenever us.
1: Whenever I went to their church, they went, "Forgive us our sins." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of fucking blew my mind. What is this heresy? <laughs> Death to all of these heathens! <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What others can believe differently than me? Okay. <laughs> But yeah, so I wonder if it may have been something in the German Yeah, offended. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it really struck me. I couldn't believe it didn't strike me before. But Amen. Um, yes, amen. And then he, his actual last words, just before they flip the switch, my last word is to say goodbye to my dear old mother. Just bringing it right back around, Hans. Bringing it right back around. You can't see it, but I'm making a big circle in the air where, like, I'm trying to guide a plane in.
1: <laughs> Landing.
0: Landing. Come on, come on. Um, it. See, I read enough about the electric chair yesterday in this book. It's, it's a good book. I don't want to dissuade anybody from reading it, but I have a, a, a medical condition that I use and uh, I do a treatment for that requires electricity and me to be exposed to electricity. I was supposed to do it yesterday, and I was like, I'm not sitting anywhere with electricity after reading about the electric chair and all the horrors of it. I'm just not. I, I was able to do it today. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I that was one, one effect. Normally I'm not really terribly affected by this stuff, but that was one thing where I was like, I can't. Yeah. Because it took three jolts over six minutes to kill Hans. Oh my god! Three jolts over six minutes. Yeah, isn't it's yeah. They it was not perfected by any means. And this book has some really interesting details about crime and punishment and uh, Dostoevsky. No, um, wrong thing. Um, <laughs> I made it funny. I made I made <laughs> funny. I made a literature funny. Yeah, you did. Um, and it, it goes into the executioner. And information about him and, you know, like, how, how the executioners worked. And it's really interesting. You get some really great... I honestly would, I would recommend it if you can deal with the gory details. And you'll get some interesting little sidetracks, like the, the the murder of Alma Kellner, how the community reacted to that. Um, you get some interesting sidetracks about different criminals of the era. Um, uh, just, like, little fun tidbit. Um, the last name... I, I think his first name was Charles, but I can't remember specifically the name of the district attorney at the time of Hans's, uh, conviction was uh, Whitman. This man who made, no, didn't really try to hide his, uh, ambitions. He said, uh, one day I want to be governor. Well, guess what? When, uh, Hans was appealing and, you know, trying to get clemency, um, that was the governor was the same guy who was the district attorney. And he actually did give Hans a month, uh, I don't know if you call it clemency, a month's stay, I guess, on the execution, um, possibly because that same, that, that Lieutenant Charles Becker that I talked about earlier, he had asked for clemency and he had also been busted by uh, the same uh, Whitman as a DA who is now the governor. And uh, Whitman wouldn't. So it's put in the strange position of, in, in that case, like somebody he knew. You know, and being asked for to give clemency to somebody he knew, or at least to stay on the execution, and it was it was seen as pretty bad. And actually, um, uh, Becker's wife put on his gravestone, you know, here lies Charles Becker, murdered by uh, Governor Whitman. And until she was threatened to be sued for defamation, (laughs) so after that she had to probably buy a new gravestone. So yeah, that's just random, (laughs) random little tidbits. You get information about the prisons. You get information about um the there's just lots of criminal justice information that I didn't know. I'm uh, I'll never be the same after having read this book, but I've given you all the gory details already. So the bad stuff is already there and now you can just be educated. And it's well written, very well researched, um footnotes and all. Like it's just it's it's if if you're really into the deep dive, um, and this case interest you, interests you, I would go for it. How about
1: we do a little bit of a palate cleanser? This
0: yes! Is a little something I'm call- I am up for that. I need it. <laughs> this
1: is Scott Moritz's Five Minute Mystery.
0: Mm, nice. Let's do it. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes.
1: So, doing a little side case here. This, uh, this takes place July 12th, 1942, the Green Parrot Bar in Harlem. Okay. Max Geller. The owner of the bar is found shot. Oh. Right? They don't know who did it. It's a huge mystery. They bring in their key witness. Okay. An African green parrot.
0: I was just going to (laughs) say.
1: Yes. (laughs) They go, they look at the parrot, and they go, who did this?
0: The cops
1: question this parrot. (laughs) And the parrot looks at him and goes, Robber! Robber! Oh. And they go, Well, that doesn't really tell us anything. And a year goes by, and the detective, unfortunately, uh, whose name I could not find, the detective is, like, talking around, and they go, Well, we had this, you know, I missed the, the green parrot bar. They had this bird that, like, whenever the regulars would come in, it would say the name of the regulars. And the guy went, Wait a minute. What? Maybe the bird's not saying Robber. Maybe the bird's saying Robert. Robert.
0: Oh my god. Right.
1: So they start to they start to look around. They find there is a Robert Butler who left town, who was a regular. Oh he boy. was a taxi driver. Right? He left town and moved to Maryland right after the murders happened.
0: Oh they bring
1: Robert Butler in, and they look at him and they go. You know, the parrot said you did it. <laughs> 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 they actually go, oh. the parrot fingered you as the murderer. <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, I did it. Uh, and it turned out uh, Robert came in drunk. The, Max Geller wouldn't serve him. And Robert shot oh him my God. and ran. And I just picture like this police chief going like, another one solved. Give that bird a badge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Polly want a badge? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. Robert Butler was put in jail on the word of an African green parrot. Oh, my
0: God. That is wonderful. Yes. That is delightful.
1: So there is my little five-minute mystery. The wonderful case of Harlem's Green Parrot Grill. That's
0: fantastic. Yes. I think we should... Forget what are we doing this weekend? That's what we're doing at the end of every episode when we're all depressed, <laughs> we're hating f- humanity. Here's a fun murder. <laughs> yeah, it's it it can get a, can get a little grim towards the end sometimes. Damn. It's a little weighed weighed down with all these details and such. So yeah, so yeah, I, I like that the five the five minute murder, and we can trade off. Yeah, I I, mean, I already have one that could possibly work for it because you do find some things that are too short for this this format things that really only would take five minutes to to tell um but they're still entertaining um and and interesting i i shouldn't i don't know this is entertainment
1: (laughs) it it really is i'm not the one who said it i wish i was it's a beautiful sentiment and it's very apropos right now as we're recording there is a thunderstorm Mm -hmm. going on outside of us
0: but no tornado this time
1: no tornado yet and uh
0: <laughs> you're getting the hang of it.
1: <laughs> Murder is like a thunderstorm. Hmm. uh It's great whenever you're sitting inside, cozy and safe, but you don't want to be in it.
0: Yes, yes, that is exactly it. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah,
1: thank you for joining us. Yes, this week the numbers continue to climb on the podcast. We love
0: watching it. We we would love some more reviews, and like we said. Come, give us that five-star review, and tell us what your last meal would be. We really want to know. Um, If, you know, you're not on iTunes or Stitcher or someplace where you can leave a review, then go ahead and shoot us a message on Twitter or Facebook. We're um, old-timey-crimey in both of those places. Holy hell is it ever raining. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. See you next week. History of mental illness, we didn't get too deep into that, but holy shit. Heinrich's grandfather, long periods of institutionalization. Institutionalization, I knew I would fuck that up. Let's let's roll that back and I'll edit sure. that out. You say that, but then you won't. I
1: might, maybe I will, <laughs> maybe I not.
0: won't. Heinrich...
1: Only one, no one will ever
0: know. <laughs> one way to find or out. Or will they?
1: It all depends whether I edit out or not. Now it's not coming out. No, it's not. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll say it again anyhow, just so I can say the word right. Fair